0: Are you ready? I'm ready. They'll be here shortly. Have you ever heard of James? Yeah. That cat with 10 gold fingers? Ask me if I give a shit. We had Russia sending him love? That's wrong. Girls crawling at his feet get your facts straight. James can do
1: anything. The jerk, the monkey, the twist.
0: In fact, James Mucky sort of goes like this. another episode of the silver emotion podcast my name is will
2: my name is steven
0: (laughs) and uh today we're going to talk about a movie from 1993 from hong kong it's called iron monkey but first we have feedbacks
2: holy crap feedback (laughs) again this is like a yeah
0: feedback train it's like a recurring part of the show it's like who would thought Alright, so this time we uh, once again have two feedbacks, Mm-mm. and so we will start with the first one from my friend Evan, and uh, this is in response both to our response of of the lengthy Demons comment and then also for uh, Rambo Part 3. Cool. I can't believe you read as much of that Demons filibuster (laughs) as you did. (laughs) There's some movies that I just can't shut the fuck up about, and Demons is one of them. It's funny because I actually had to cut that one short. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. (laughs) I got a new browser on my phone so I can finally write comments on my phone instead of having to do it on my computer. Combine that with having no days off since May and no social life, and I will go nutsoid when shit like demons comes up. (laughs) I'd love to do a fan commentary on it one day and throw it on the YouTubes. That would be fun. You should do that, Evan. Um, Steven, it's going to be my life's ambition. (laughs) To make you appreciate this shitty gem. (laughs) I hear you laughing while describing it, so I know there's a bit of demons enjoyment in (laughs) you. Will I vividly remember having demons in my backpack at school? Maybe I didn't lend it out to you, but just stuffed it in my backpack and hoped to impress my friends.
2: (laughs) It's like I got this movie called Demons. (laughs) Yeah, fucking maybe, man. I don't... i I mean i I don't remember like late 80s early 90s on the playground if you had a movie called demons just just that alone might be cool enough it's pretty (laughs) badass
0: yeah and i imagine it had the the cover with the the that fucking silhouette of the 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 demons coming up the stairs when Mm. it's all blue and their eyes are glowing and stuff i imagine that was the cover so probably looked pretty cool um, where where the fuck was I oh yeah I saw Contamination this, that's the movie that I mentioned mm-hmm. um, I think there's a point in every Italian horror movie where I think this is the dumbest shit I ever saw <laughs> <laughs> and Contamination definitely had those moments but once you give in to these duds they're so fun as far as the dumb great Italian horror I highly recommend Argento's Phenomena oh okay i will have to watch that one it's around here somewhere but i've never seen it uh it's more along the lines of a giallo murder mystery but it's one of the most entertaining and bizarre movies here's the rough plot which is batshit a young american girl who can telepathically communicate with insects (laughs) holy (laughs) shit (laughs) say no more (laughs) i'm sold She can telepathically communicate with insects, moves to a boarding school in Switzerland while her actor father stars in a Filipino movie, teams up with a paralyzed Donald Pleasants and his chimp assistant (laughs) (laughs) to locate a serial killer who's decapitating schoolgirls. Holy shit, this sounds... Oh, we gotta watch it. <laughs> this sounds
2: fantastic. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit!
0: Oh yeah, and she sleepwalks for some reason and has corny nightmares. Oh man! <laughs> Phenomena sounds phenomenal. <laughs> That's my corny joke. If that plot line doesn't grab you, then what will? It's one of the few. Mu- <laughs> it's a, what I can't even fucking talk because I'm smiling about this girl communicating <laughs> with insects. Holy shit. Um, It's one of the few movies that I first said to myself, this is the dumbest shit I ever saw, but immediately bought it once the credits rolled. (laughs) It's one of my personal favorites and Argento's best. I think it's also his personal favorite of his movies. Well, shit. I'll have to see it.
2: All right.
0: Yeah. It's completely Italian too, with heavy metal out of nowhere, nonsense plot, random curveballs, and hilarity. Plus, it deserves some kind of award for greatest chimp acting in movie history. <laughs> 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 well, fuck, man, I love chimps and I love dumb Italian movies, so we gotta watch it.
2: Yeah, um, that, that, that sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a fucking <laughs> like a winner. winner yeah. yeah,
0: sounds like a winner. Um, I'll throw another Italian movie your way, Evan, uh, and say, have you seen Rat Night of Terror? (laughs) Because that one's pretty fun, too. Um, So Evan goes on to to, uh, say, a little fun fact about Rambo 3. This movie was once in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the most violent movie ever made. Wow. I think it even counted the death toll to be like 132 people or some shit. Why I remember Rambo 3 was in the Guinness Book of World Records is some of the most useless information I've ever had stored in my brain. But thank God for the Silver Emulsion Podcast, I can now dump this useless tidbit of information somewhere.
2: (laughs) Uh, Right? And and promptly forget it so it's not clogging up your brain anymore?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, I don't know about that. But uh, I don't know if you had this experience, but like, was the Guinness Book of World Records kind of like a thing that kids talked about, like at this fucking playground and stuff? (laughs) Maybe
2: a little bit like... It seems like that it, shit
0: happened a lot. I, don't
2: re- I can't really remember anything specific about it, but it's like everyone knew it existed. And was yeah. Like, so I, I have no idea where like I encountered that knowledge or came across it, because it must have been when I was a little kid. Yeah. So.
0: It seems like, some, like shit that kids would talk about all the time at, at school. And when I worked at the library and I would see kids checking out the Guinness Book of World Records, I'd always be like, fuck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the cycle continues.
2: <laughs> yeah, because de- yeah, when we were working at the library, it was definitely a thing then. Yeah, and, and for or, sure. Or if not that, then the, like, the Ripleys Believe It or Not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that kind of... But yeah, that Guinness... Yeah, they had a ton of that, those Guinness World Records things in the kids' section. Yeah,
0: so, always popular. Yeah. My favorite was always <clears> the... The two fat twins riding the motorcycle. <laughs> I don't remember what their record was. I think it was like fattest twins or some shit. <laughs> but uh, that little picture of them was uh, always always gave me a chuckle. Um, A little personal fun fact, too, Evan goes on to say, the Rambo movies could possibly be the movies that got me into movies. Ooh. Well, shit. I still say it was The Shining, but I had a plastic Rambo tricycle when I was a tiny kid oh, dang. that I think had a gun turret on the handlebars. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. See, Rambo, it, it's a it is kids a kid's movie. movie. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you don't make freaking tricycles. Yeah. Just, not, and there, oh was oh a, my God. there was a fucking Rambo cartoon. Was know? there? Yeah. Oh, my it's, God. It's a fucking kid's movie, man. I'm telling you. I had a plastic Rambo knife, and even had a shitty knockoff jade necklace like Co gave to Rambo. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could just imagine little baby Evan with all this shit. <laughs> Fucking knife in his teeth and
1: shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of like
2: playing out the little Rambo scene, you know, like putting yeah. the headband on, but, and yeah. put the necklace on. <laughs>
0: Shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crawling through the grass.
2: Yeah, that's what you do as a kid, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. The only thing I ever stole in my life was a Rambo button from Charlie Brown's when I was an airhead little turd. (laughs) I like Rambo. (laughs) There's nothing like deciding between the scariest movie ever made and the most violent movies ever made to what impacted your childhood the most. (laughs) Uh. Fuck yeah. Oof! I'll shut up. This is long again. Thanks for the shout out, fellas, and keep up the good stuff. Well, thank you for writing in. Yeah, it's fun to get feedback.
2: Yeah, I I gotta say, for me, it was always the more violent movies that you know, yeah that made me uh
0: Well, yeah, you, you're not.
2: Yeah, I'm not the horror person. Even so. as
0: a little kid, you were nerves of steel.
2: I, I guess. <laughs>
0: Not getting scared, so...
2: <laughs> it wasn't much. There were, there were a few things that freaked me out as a kid, but, yeah, I don't have a lot of memories of uh, scary stuff.
0: Yeah. No uh, movies that scared you, other than uh, that X-Files well, thing you mentioned.
2: I think at some point I had a nightmare about Slimer from Ghostbusters. About Slimer? I, I was, like, super little when that wow, was man. going on. I must have been, like, eight or something. I don't know. Wow, and he's not even
0: scary, though.
2: Yeah, I, just, I don't know. It was so. I, I That's one of, like, the... Three or four things I can remember. There's oh, that. Man. There's that X Files episode. And I don't know. Maybe something else.
0: <laughs> Did you, What about. You said you watched Never Ending Story. Did the Nothing. No. Oh, no. Oh,
2: fuck. That was so scary. No. I didn't have any, like. Oh, really? Creeped out moments in that movie or anything. Wow. Wow. I mean, I loved that movie as a kid, but yeah, I've never. Never did anything to me that way. Oh, wow. I was just like, oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Little sphinxes shooting lasers and blowing stuff up. Yeah, Yeah. that shit shit is though,
0: (laughs) for sure. For sure. All right, and so we got one more feedback. And it's also from Evan. (laughs) (laughs) He could not shut up. He had one more thing to say. And this was actually not... This was like a couple days later, so... Mm -hmm. It didn't
2: immediately just... uh, No,
0: no. So uh, Evan goes on to say, I've been thinking of the early Rambo movies, and I have a fun question for you guys and the Silver Emulsion fan club. (laughs) (laughs) The fan club consisting of uh, three people. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say for some reason Stallone couldn't star in the Rambo movies... Oh, God. Who do you think would be a good replacement? It's (sighs) hard to separate Stallone from Rambo, and he's basically irreplaceable, but I think I have a good answer. Curious what you guys think, too. Mm. That's fucking hard, man.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't come up with anyone specific. Like, of the time?
0: Fuck, man. I don't even know. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> the fucking. I don't know. Yeah. The, the first person that pops to mind is just a funny fucking Jeff Fahey, the the guy who plays Lawnmower Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, that's not like an actual choice, but he's who popped into my head first. <laughs> 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 I have no fucking idea.
2: Yeah, that. I yeah, I'm I'm lost on that one myself. Yeah, I don't know. Stallone I mean, is, is just it's Stallone. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, should, yeah. If you're going for somebody of that era, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe Dolph Lundgren could pull it off, but it, yeah, he's he's probably the closest I can think of, at least from then to kind of. Yeah,
0: I could see him doing it. I could see him doing it.
2: He's got the right tone of voice and muscled physique to... I think Arnold might be a little in the wrong direction, but... I mean, I'd watch Arnold do anything. Right. I mean, it'd be worth seeing, but it wouldn't... I think Dolph Lundgren would be closer to capturing the Rambo... I think so, yeah. ...identity, but... Yeah.
0: But... Yeah, I yeah, don't know. The, I don't know, but I'm curious. Evan did not put his choice um, so as to not uh, influence us, which is nice. So I guess yeah. we'll look forward to next next episode. He'll write it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to what he thinks. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can always only think of like dumb answers. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm I'm way too out of modern movies to be able to come up with like a like a modern person. Yeah, like oh, a modern man. actor. Like I just, God only knows. Yeah, I've...
0: I could see somebody like like fucking Wesley Snipes or something. <laughs> like I I don't like know some I, alternate version. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I think he would be dope. I could see him because he was doing like action movies. Yeah, yeah, not as early as the first Rambo, but I don't know, like, like maybe late '80s, early '90s, he was in the action movies. So I could see him doing stuff. I don't know. He's he was like real buff. Yeah, I could see that. Well, I'm curious. I yeah, I, I well, look forward to the.
2: Well, we'll find out. Yeah. Anyway,
0: Iron Monkey. Uh, or as the Chinese title calls it, the young Wong Fei-Hung Iron Monkey, hmm. colon Iron Monkey. That did not get translated into the U.S. title or, hmm. or the, the English title, I should say, because the English Hong Kong title is just Iron Monkey. But.
2: Okay. So is this uh, like a legendary figure?
0: Wang Fei-Hung yeah.
2: is a legendary
0: folk hero. He was a yeah. real person, yes. And uh, his dad, Wong Ki-ying, is also a legendary sort of folk hero. But he's not... He, ha, he never... Wong ki never had, like, the, the movies made about him and stuff like Wong Fei-Hung. Wong Fei-Hung has okay. tons and tons of shit. And so Wong Fei-Hung in this movie is the little kid. Okay. And uh, the reversal of this movie, the, the sort of novel thing about it, is that it's more about his dad... Than yeah. it is about yeah. him. Okay, and so, uh, okay, but so but his dad is still like a legendary sort of character. There's the Ten Tigers of Canton. They call them they, mm. sort of the uh, the the, in the 1800s, they were the the top ten martial artists, and Wong ki Ying was one of the Ten Tigers of Canton, um, and these were all real people. Beggar So was another of the okay. Ten Tigers of Canton. And then uh, Wang Fei Hung sometimes gets yeah. lumped in there, but he was after then. Okay. He was like the next generation after. Mm.
2: Okay. Cause I'd want to say, like, I'd heard the name pop up somewhere else. And Wang Fei Hung? Yeah, like you'd mentioned it somewhere. In... We've
0: mentioned it many times. He's uh, <coughs> the character that Jackie Chan plays in Drunken Master. Okay. And Drunken Master 2. And he's, uh, yeah, he's a big character yeah. in. in Hong Kong cinema.
2: Yeah, I was like, dang, I like I know this freaking name, where is it from?
0: <laughs> yes, well, if you keep watching uh, Hong Kong movies, it is a name that will frequently pop up as oh. well as the song, the Wong Fei-hung theme song that plays, oh, okay, multiple times in this movie, uh also plays in Drunken Master and Drunken Master 2 and all of the other Wong Fei-hung hmm. movies I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, I I had not noticed. But.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's a, a song that even even in non Wang Fei Hung movies, um, they'll play it as uh as a a joke or something if they wanna evoke like, Oh it, here mm-hmm. we are we're gonna make a commentary on Wang Fei Hung and so we'll play it over this scene of this character doing something that's kind of vaguely Wang Fei Hung esque mm-hmm. and that's like true. if you know the song you'll get the joke. If you don't know the song it just is like what what the fuck is this scene? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But there's a lot of that right. stuff like that.
2: All right, that does uh, help the movie make a little more sense in that it's like, like the how the kid at some point just goes like, "Why am I is my kung fu so good? Like I don't like like he's just yeah like naturally really good at it." And it was good.
0: Well, in that part, it was because he had been treated by the Iron Monkey, and so I I feel like the like the medicine part made of him that stronger. was was yeah. that yeah he had been sort of. Uh, imbued with a little bit of his power because while wong fei hung was a real guy um this movie is not focused on realism (laughs) really (laughs) so yeah so it's uh it's a little bit more fantastical than uh the traditional wong fei hung movie but like how do i say this movie is not related Directly to the Once Upon a Time in China movies, mm. which are about Wang Fei Hung, but they are they are uh, directly related in that Soy Hark, the director of uh, and writer who who made Once Upon a Time in China, he didn't make all of them, but he made most of them. He, when the first one was a big hit, it basically. Uh, brought this resurgence of Wong Fei-Hung to Hong Kong cinema and so then all of a sudden like Wong Fei-Hung movies started popping up because Mm -hmm. he was real big in the 60s there was a whole series of like 60 movies with this old guy Quan Ta King and then there's like Drunken Master which kind of was a a, like a reversal of the stoic Wong Fei-Hung character with the the sort of devious youth that Jackie plays. Hmm. And then from that point on, it's not really, there's not like any sort of real big Wong Fei Hung movies until Once Upon a Time in China in 1990. Hmm. So anyway, that's a big hit. They're like, we got to make a sequel. And so then they brainstormed all these sequel ideas. And Iron Monkey was one of those ideas that they brainstormed. Okay. And so while Soy Hark was making part three of Once Upon a Time in China, he had Yun Ping, who directed Iron Monkey. He was the action director on the first two Once Upon a Time in China's. And so he's like, okay, we'll go make this movie, Iron Monkey, and I'm going to go make Once Upon a Time in China 3. Okay. And so they're not... They shouldn't be viewed as, like, this is the prequel to Once Upon a Time in China. But right. but those Once Upon a Time in China movies are not realistic, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're like... Like, this movie is not a wuxia, but it's very wuxia-influenced by yeah. a monkey. Yeah. And so Once Upon a Time in China is kind of the same thing. It's, it's okay. wuxia-influenced, but not as amped up as this movie. This movie is, a, like it's out there you know fantastically whereas right once upon a time in china is a little bit dialed down from this movie but okay yun wu ping big fan of the uh yeah. the fantastic
2: yeah cuz I'd, I'd seen sui Hark in the credits as like but not as director he was like producer or yeah he like produced
0: that, this right? and he co-wrote the screenplay yeah and he's a big um like he's a hands-on kind of producer so like he apparently oversaw the editing of this movie and and mm. reshot a couple of scenes to to you know amp up certain things, but uh, but it's it's very much a Yun Wu Ping movie. Yeah. And and we talked about him as well. If you don't remember, he directed uh, Drunken Master. Oh, okay. And also Dance of the Drunk Mantis that we watched. Hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm it's fun as shit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like
0: this movie is one of my all-time favorite Hong Kong movies. Um, I hadn't seen it since my bootleg VHS way back in the day, mm. but it had uh, its its memory had lived on for <laughs> all these years. So uh, yeah, I was very excited to watch it again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was. Just kind of glued to it the whole time it's, it's just uh, always it's doing a fun fucking cool. movie
0: and it r- moves really quickly yeah it does it's uh it's over before you know it, it <laughs> it's like holy shit and when it was over this time i was just i had the same feeling that i felt when i was younger I was like fuck i just want to watch it again <laughs> <laughs> i don't get that a lot with movies but man i this movie is just endlessly yeah it's, it's super fun
2: just like every action scene in it is just fun and creative and yeah, yeah, just nuts stuff going on. Yeah, it's awesome.
0: Yuen Wuping, Ping, one of the greatest uh, and, uh, directors of Hong Kong and choreographers he mm. he's incredible, incredible. Yeah, Americans know him as the the choreographer of the Matrix, <laughs> 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 but and and I hate when when people just refer to him as like, oh, he choreographed the Matrix, and it's just like, yeah, like after t- a twenty years of like reshaping the Hong Kong industry and like <laughs> doing all of these amazing things, like you know, they act like the Matrix is the culmination of his his career or whatever. But it's like this little side note, yeah, just something, you know? <laughs>
2: just a little thing he did on the uh, end there, but. Uh, I, I can see it in that, like, most Americans probably have not watched anything else he's done. Probably not. Be, probably not. That would be not. the thing you could point to and say, he did this thing you saw. Yes. But he also, like, did all kinds of other things. That, you know, I mean, he choreographed,
0: like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as oh, okay. well. okay. That, that would actually so, like, be a better one to point to. Americans then, have seen that. And he, he's done a lot of work in Hollywood, actually, now, post-Matrix. Yeah. Mm. Um, He's a very busy guy.
2: <laughs> Guess so.
0: But uh, well, anyone in Hong Kong they they like to work. Yeah. So they just kind of you know, like this movie, he had two other movies come out in nineteen ninety three that he directed. He probably choreographed multiple other movies that same year. Soy Hark probably produced like eight movies in ninety three as well as directing multiple movies and yeah. and like Soy Hark I don't think ever stops mm. like mm. you Ping stopped directing at some point, like probably cause he made a movie in 2010 and then he made another movie in 2016. And before that it was probably like the, maybe the late nineties or something. He took a big break in between movies, mm. but he was, I think those were the years probably where he was in the U S actually mm. making uh, okay. fucking matrix and, I think he choreographed like fucking charlie's angels and shit (laughs) like i i could be wrong on that but but he he worked on a lot of of us movies where it's just like what the fuck is Ping doing on this movie (laughs) like what the fuck uh one of the great figures of hong kong cinema and you know it's just uh, getting no respect probably
2: kind of makes me want to watch charlie's angels actually
0: yeah well
2: just the idea of that is just like okay i
0: remember that i've seen it i saw the first one and i don't i mean i remember there being fights there's a big fight at the end and and i guess that's what he was working on but i could be remembering wrong and it was somebody else but i want to say that it was him those were the years when when hong kong was kind of popular in the U.S., so that it was it was a big thing to bring people over. Jackie Chan was, you know, yeah. had become a, a star here, and yun Fat was working here, and John Woo had come over, and mm. you know, so it was it was the hot thing to get a Hong Kong guy.
2: Right, hmm.
0: but uh, he choreographed this Iron Monkey movie with uh, it was him, his brother. I don't remember which brother it was, one of the Yoon brothers and uh, another guy that I don't remember his name. His surname is Koo. And uh this was kind of his normal sort of group of choreographers at the time. And I know th- the one guy Koo went on to work uh on the TV show Into the Badlands <laughs> in the US and and it, it's a it's a fun show kind of based on journey to the West, but in a really, Mm. really fucked up way, like totally different, like post-apocalyptic, no, 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 uh, no animals, just, uh, a guy that kind of embodies the spirit of the monkey King and his name is sunny instead of sun Wukong, you know, (laughs) anyway, it's a cool show and has really cool, like Hong Kong style fight scenes and it's kind of low budget. So they look like, like they look like nineties fights. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, it's fun. I, I only watched the first season, but it's fun. So, uh, Iron Monkey. It's kind of a Robin Hood story. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> I kind of, I don't know if this is just like a Hong Kong thing, but it's just like, there's not like a, a singular like through line that you'd notice until like maybe the end when you're f- able to look back at it and yeah. understand it. But it's like you start off with, the Iron Monkey running around doing stuff. And you're like, okay, it's it's Iron Monkey. It's this guy, this Robin Hood kind of guy up against the corrupt government. And yes. then all of a sudden, this other dude shows up. And you're like, okay, it's Iron Monkey and his rivalry with this other dude. And then it's like, okay, now this other dude, the guy who blew up the temple or whatever, the the big the guy with the King Kong fist, which was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> whatever his name was.
0: I don't remember his name, but he's... Uh, the, uh, the,
2: the, the evil monk guy.
0: Yeah, I just know his real name, Yen Chi he's in a He's in Dance of the Drunken Master, Dance of the Drunken Ma- Mantis. <laughs> he's the guy that's uh, sick, the, the, the coughing guy. Do you remember that guy? Oh, He was practicing sick fist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember He that. was, like,
0: in the coffin and stuff, no?
2: Oh, I, oh, I kind of remember remember that ah, well you gotta watch it again yeah
0: he's also the eunuch in heroic trio and okay the main bad guy at the end of once upon a time in china which you haven't seen but uh he's yeah. he's fucking awesome i love yeah. him
2: and, like he shows up and you're like okay now it's about like fighting this guy and of avenging yeah. the temple and then there's like the stuff with the kid and it's like oh now it's about the kid it was like what is this movie actually about like what's the the Core yeah. story of it never really seemed clear, but okay. I would say I, that's
0: probably just because uh, it doesn't seem that way to me. But I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah, I think it's more of just like uh, like you you probably just haven't seen a lot of Hong Kong movies like set in this period because this period is like the the classic sort of kung fu movie period where. Mm -hmm. the Qing dynasty where the, the emperors an asshole. The, the government are all corrupt (laughs) and it's basically the folk heroes against the government or the Shaolin people against the government. And, uh, so it's just kind of like one of those stories where the, (laughs) they're fighting against the government. I don't know. I don't know. Just, uh, like what, what, uh, what else there would be
2: yeah it's just kind of like you don't know who the villain is you don't know who who's like the hero is it's like it's it's kind of bouncing back and forth between all these different yeah. central characters well and <clears throat> that's the thing too like because
0: you don't you didn't recognize Wong Fei Hung right as this folk hero so like Everybody in Hong Kong knows who Wang Fei Hung is. Right. And right. so like I know who Wang Fei Hung is. So I know that when Wang Ki Ying shows up, that's his dad. He's a hero. Wang Fei Hung is a hero in training. He's a little kid. Like I know they're the hero. And anybody fighting Qing Dynasty governors and shit is obviously a hero. Right. So, like... I
2: I don't think there's ever any doubt that they were, like, the good guys. Yeah. But it was just kind of, like, who are we focusing on? Who is this story really about? And, like, who's the villain? That kept shifting.
0: That does shift. But that's kind of classic, in classic Hong Kong, Kong, where, like, this... The governor is uh, the bad guy, and then he calls in somebody else, basically. (laughs) And in this case, it was this guy that was gonna come the whole movie they are like oh shit right, this inspector's right. coming and so it's i mean and that shit always happens there's the governor always calls in some like badass fighter dude <laughs> to like oh fuck we can't take out these heroes we got to call in somebody else and so it just seems kind of like a i don't know classic setup in, okay i did i was not
2: yeah i mean and it didn't take me out of the movie it, in any way. It yeah. was just kind of like, where is the story going? I don't know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess we'll find out. But it was, like, it was just like very different from, I guess, like a Hollywood movie where you're going to have well, that's the for villain. Sure. And yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, that's the villain and you know what the real conflict is. And you know, yeah. it's going to hit that climax at the end with this. You know, like it, it just isn't clear. No, it's not in the way that I'm used to. Right, and so it was just kind of like, oh, this is different. Yeah, you got to (laughs) retrain. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, this movie did get a a release in the U.S. in the theater. Oh, thanks to uh, Quentin Tarantino, who who bought the rights, but but uh, because he was he was uh, what do you call it an ally, or he was working for at the time Miramax. And so Miramax is like the fucking, uh, what do you call it? Criminal number one. What the fuck do they call that? Uh, Whatever. Most Wanted? Yeah, that's not not what I'm trying to think of. But anyway, number one suspect, one of these fuckers. Anyway, Mm -hmm. whatever you call it, Miramax is is the the number one offender in terms of uh, butchering Hong Kong movies. Uh So... Tarantino got them to release it, but they completely re-edited it, changed the the, the score, took out, like, basically mm. all of the comedy and all of the, like, the more grotesque violence end of the spectrum stuff. Yeah. And uh, slowed down a lot of the fight scenes because uh, there's a lot of uh, sped up stuff in this movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, There's there were a few scenes. And so I they, that.
0: they made that normal speed and... <laughs> Completely, you know, changing the rhythm of things. And so that's the version that most people have seen. Hmm. And this, the version that we watched is the first, it's, it's the UK Blu-ray. And that's the first time the, the Hong Kong version has been available outside of Hong Kong. Right. Okay. But, but I saw it. We, ha- we had bootlegs. So <laughs> <laughs> we saw the Hong Kong version when I was a kid. All right. So... Yeah, so it, it got a U.S. release, but it was totally edited, and I've never seen that version, so I would imagine that they kind of shore up some of those ideas of, like, this movie right. doesn't hit the the beats of what you think an American movie right. is supposed to. what, so what like, the American audience needs. Right.
2: We're going we're to so conform I, this movie yeah. to our standards. So I
0: feel like they tried to wrangle it in a little bit. Probably. Yeah,
2: cause you, you mentioned the comedy. There, there's surprisingly just weird moments of comedy that just, like, because it doesn't yeah. feel like a comedy, and no, then just it does something comedic. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? No,
0: I was noticing that this time a lot where, because I was never so, uh, like, up on my mm-hmm. Hong Kong comedy until recently. And I was just noticing so much in this movie. It's was like, wow, they are just going all out in this. This is fucking hilarious. This is fun. I always had a good time with this, but I don't know that I ever noticed the comedy. Yeah. And that could just be me not seeing it in 20 years and not remembering specifically. Right. But
2: There's probably a bunch that went over my head completely. But. Yeah,
0: but, man, yeah, lots of comedy.
2: It's funny. Holy shit. Yeah.
0: But yeah, maybe one day the the original version will get a release in the U.S. But until then, everybody's fucked <laughs> unless they buy an uh, all-region Blu-ray player.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Makes me glad to be one of the few to see this in its proper. Yes. Yes. Well. Because form. You, because
0: you know me, I yeah. I am able to share.
2: Yeah, it's just totally fun. Just every, like, every scene is just fun. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. it never really lets up. I mean, it's just, like, nonstop fun. Yeah. It's a fucking blast. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, oh, like, the scene where he's, like, <clears throat> the orchid, she's cooking, and yes. he's, like, sneaking food. Right, right. Just,
0: like... Getting the chilies and stuff, yeah. Yeah, that shit is great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah and and uh I'm surprised that this movie doesn't get a re-release now because Donnie Yen is a huge star now like he's in yeah. Star Wars and yeah he's his the Ip Man movies are real popular now here and and uh, that was not the case in 93 or right, even right. this it got a US release in the 2000s it was like 2000 or 2001 mm-hmm. Okay. And so he was not a big star then either. But now he's at the height of his powers. You know, he's he's like basically the big star of Hong Kong. And, you know, he's popular over here now too. So I don't know. Seems like yeah. a good time to put it out. But 93, uh, he was like the lower tier sort of <laughs> martial artist. And mm. uh, so like this movie is a lot more... Low budget than, like at the time Jackie Chan Jet Li were like the guys at the top of the industry. Right. Chai and Fat, but he didn't do martial arts. But but like Donnie Yen was always kind of under the radar, sort of in these lower budget movies. A lot of Yun Wu Ping movies because Yun Wu Ping is the guy who discovered him okay. in the mid '80s, and so he, he was just kind of not slumming it but just in all these dope movies that weren't super popular until everybody left to go to Hong to go to Hollywood and Donnie Yen was like fuck Hollywood. I was <laughs> <laughs> stay in Hong Kong. And then you know some somewhere in the, like the 2000s I don't remember what the first big hit movie was but man after Ip Man came out that was it was fucking all over. He was like <laughs> he was the fucking star. Yeah. Because everybody else was kind of gone, and and like the handover had happened, so like the industry was kind of dying. And...
2: uh yeah. That. Mm.
0: But uh, he, as he shows here, he's fucking awesome. <laughs> he plays Wang Keying. Yeah. And then the uh, Iron Monkey is played by another sort of lower tier guy who who never really got a big break. Mm. You Yuru- root you Rong guang who i was always a big fan of because of this movie
2: yeah everybody in here is awesome (laughs) yeah yes like even the kid he's
0: the kid is is actually a little girl oh which is not apparent from the movie at all no it's not no and and she was only in this movie and one other movie and then after that she was not in any movies anymore oh but she uh like like Yun Wuping is an actual martial arts practitioner, and he likes to bring actual martial arts practitioners on screen. So Donnie Yen had been studying since he was a little kid. His mom is a real famous um, martial artist who has a school in Boston, Hmm. and uh, I believe she's still teaching. And she is super famous, very prestigious. And so her son somehow... Was found by Yun Wu Ping and thrown into movies at like 18 or something, hmm. and uh, he also uh, his first two movies were the movies that broke Jackie Chan as a star: Snake in the Eagle Shadow and Drunken Master. Okay. And uh, just has a history of of discovering people. There's other people that I can't remember offhand, but yeah. But to Donnie Yen, he kind of, you know, had it. He was just making movies with Donnie Yen. And it was like, one of these days, man, you're going to be a star. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually it happened. But. Yeah. Took a while, but. Yeah, but fuck, man. Are they not amazing in this movie? I mean, yeah,
2: it's Man. Some good shit going on. Just incredible choreography. and Yeah. I freaking love that fight where, like, it's towards the end where she's standing on the cart and yeah the monks are all around her and she's just like kicking the shit out of everybody and jumping yeah, on the
0: cart and that fight in the in the in the hospital or yeah, clinic whatever the yeah. clinic there and then the kid fights them after that yeah. yeah yeah
2: that's some good stuff
0: fuck yeah that's the thing too that you probably wouldn't recognize is that the the umbrella that the kid fights with because he has this dad's umbrella like yeah Wong Fei Hung will often fight with an umbrella mm, okay. like he's carrying it around and stuff and so that's kind of like a callback to to that and um I know Jet Li fights with one in once upon a time once upon a time in China multiple times okay. so again it's a, it's sort of a just a little connections between the two even though they're not they're not actually related but mm-hmm. they are from the same same heads.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually it's kinda because of, that's kinda of like the the one like I don't want to really say modern, but like uh I guess a Western thing that's yeah. in there. Like it's like, oh that's just like an umbrella that I could find today in any story. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, this movie doesn't
0: I don't think there's any white people in this movie. No. But the once upon a time in China movies are kind of all about the clashing of the cultures of, because they're, it's set in the 1800s and that's when like all of this influence from the okay. West and Britain and stuff was coming into Hong Kong. And so the idea of the idea of the once upon a time in China movies is to say, this is Wong Hung classic hero of Hong Kong. Um, star of many movies and and he's at this time of conflict and so we're gonna place him into these situations where he has to come up against western ideals and like deal with them Mm -hmm. and so in the first movie like his there's a his love interest is called i forget what her actual name is but but uh they call her 13th aunt. <laughs> and so she's she's like been to Britain or been to America, I don't remember. she been she went somewhere she knows English, she's studied there. She dresses in western clothes and he's very traditionally chinese and he's just like well, who gives a shit? We don't we don't want to learn this stuff. But mm-hmm. over the course of all the movies she she is trying to like in and, you know, teach him English and teach him the Western ways and sort of a thing like that. And so he is carrying this umbrella as a part of that. Mm. And so I don't know that it comes in, the umbrella comes in outside of Once Upon a Time in China, like the movies previous. It definitely comes in because there's a whole bunch of spin off movies and like, not spin offs, but like rip off movies mm. in Hong Kong where it's like, now we're making Wong Fei Hung movies. Constantly because they're super popular, <laughs> and so even Jet Li is in like some of the rip-off movies. <laughs> um, so that the umbrella is throughout those movies, but but I don't know about earlier. Yeah. But yeah, anyway.
2: Yeah, it was just one of those uh, <clears throat> kind of like time. Like, when does this movie take place? It's got
0: eighteen hundreds.
2: Yeah, cause it was because. You're, I was watching and thinking, just like, oh, like, there's all this old Chinese pre-industrial stuff, so it's... Yeah. Old time, and then, like, there's an umbrella. I'm like, oh, well, that's could be modern, and, and then, like... Yeah, well... And I think at the end of the movie, they mention a train, but... They, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, so I guess this isn't super old. This isn't, like, thousand years no, ago. Old. No, no.
0: <laughs> is... See, and that's a thing, too, where, like if you knew Wong Fei-Hung the character you would right. know that like, you just he immediately that know time. that yeah. setting yeah and, and like Qing Dynasty anything with that is always because Qing Dynasty is the last dynasty of of China basically okay. and so because after that and this comes into play in some of the the Once Upon a Time Once Upon a Time in China movies mm-hmm. where like the second one specifically which Donnie Yen plays the villain um like uh Wang Fei Hung is kind of helping Sun Yat-sen the the figure who was very influential in starting the rebellion and getting it rolling which would eventually uh become the overthrowing of the Qing dynasty hmm. which would then eventually become the Republic of China and then the which would then be taken over by communists the communist party in the 50s yeah, okay. but uh so that history this that historical period of china is very important and often featured in movies and so like wang Hung, like if, if it's a wang Hung movie basically you like you know that's the setting if you right. know the character and mm-hmm. stuff and uh, yeah so just a
2: cultural context yeah perhaps I don't have
0: perhaps you will uh, pick that up as I have over the course of many right movies. right but yeah I've yeah it's I don't I mean I'm super into it so like <laughs> I don't know if you'll pick it up but I definitely didn't pick it up when I was younger and I was just watching Wong Fei Hung movies yeah I just kind of looks like whatever it's old China and they're kicking ass I don't give a fuck <laughs> Like, it's only... Like, specifically writing about the Shaw Brothers movies, because they're... Like, the... the All the Shaolin movies are basically, like... You can consider them prequels to the Wong Fei Hung movies, because... Mm. Like... Uh, Wong Ki-ying... He was trained by a famous Shaolin disciple who was the student of the main character in Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin, this very big movie. Okay. And so like that movie is about the the opening of Shaolin Temple to lay students, to, to civilians. Because mm, okay. previously it was only monks. And so like all the Shaolin movies are basically about how the Qing Dynasty is trying to destroy Shaolin. And they mention it in this movie like oh you're the fuckers who, who betrayed Shaolin and burned the temple yeah, and stuff yeah. and so like that's all the previous Shaolin like history and so Wang Ying is a student of one of the you know early disciples of that lineage and then Wang Fei Hung is the guy that kind of continued to, to teach Hung Gar which is the martial arts that they practice mm. it's a shaolin sort of style okay. and like and that goes all the way down to like oh man i get too fucking into this mm-hmm. shit like because <laughs> like the director of of 36 chamber lao Kar lung is like his dad was trained by uh a student of wong fei hung so no, like so you... like the 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 lineage just like continues down right into the movies you know like wow. cuz Wong Fei-hung was only i mean you know he he was alive in the 1800s i don't know specifically when he died but it could have been 1900s right. and so you know like there's people making the movies who are we're actually like, connected. Yeah, to... we're like directly affected by him and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. And like lao Kar is one of the guys who basically invented wire work for wuxia movies, and his dad choreographed Wong Fei Hung movies, and he was trained by a student of Wong Fei Hung. <laughs> and there's movies about like that student, the the Lam Sai Wing, the. The magnificent butcher they they call <laughs> magnificent him. Magnificent butcher. <laughs> yeah, Samo Hung plays him in a in a Ping Ping movie. Oh. But I don't know, man. Yeah, like I'm kind of going off the rails because I fucking I'm obsessed with this shit. But Yeah. But yeah, there's a whole rich history of Shaolin and Wang Fei Hung and all kinds of stuff if you yeah. if you wanna get into it. <laughs> 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 it's all it's all there, man. You can explore as you will. Yeah, I think that's why uh, you know people love Hong Kong movies because it's like there's in a lot of them, like the Shaw Brothers, there's this sort of shared history that yeah the movies kind of fill in for each other and Hmm. all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah,
2: just a bunch to tie together if you go into that.
0: Yeah, lots of uh, like one of the main characters of the. Cheng Che, Shaolin movies, Hung Si Kwan is also a disciple of Sante, the main character of 36th Chamber of Shaolin. And so, like, just, it's all fucking connected. It's, so, it's like, like, the Marvel movies talk about, like, oh, we're the fucking, you know, we're the first movie to have this shared universe. And it's just like, man... Like yes, in the terms of like, it was deliberately it was intended deliberately to be all connected. But yeah. like Hong Kong movies have this shared universe of of like fictionalizing their own history, hmm. and it's such like this rich shared universe of cool fucking movies. Yeah, that it's so fucking, and they all kind of connect and, and each, yeah. build on each other and and sort yeah, of fill in of gaps uh, and stuff.
2: Kind of reminds me of something I'd been thinking of lately. With just in the past few years of just, like, noticing what kind of people are just kind of going ape shit on, like, about, like, like indie video games and stuff yeah. that are coming out. That, like, if they have some kind of something like that of, like, diving in to find this, like, network of interconnected yeah. ideas and stuff, like, I guess there's... I've, I have not played it, but there's this Five Nights at Freddy's game that's, like... I've heard of it, yeah. Like, and everybody goes apeshit over it because of the lore that's, like, hidden inside oh, of it. Oh, really? And like, it's it's all, like... And any game that seems to, like, pop up like that, that gets super popular, is something like that, where it's, like, there's layers of information that... Yeah. If you follow some breadcrumbs and okay. trail around and you'll find out, oh, this actually connects to this and that's that character was over there doing this thing and that's why this something happened uh, okay. and it's like finding all of that out is like i on think kind own. of yeah people will just do that on their own although they'll just they'll go on internet forums and like try and like we'll talk to each together. other like what 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 does this mean and somebody uh, will be okay. like oh i noticed this over here and like piecing yeah, yeah. it together and it's like that seems to be what uh is kind of drawing people to these games is this yeah kind of hidden information that you have to dig deep to find yeah
0: that makes me think of dark souls <laughs> yeah dark souls is, is another one like dark that. souls That's is not an indie oh one obviously, my god
2: but, um just that one's another one that i i've i just hear so much about the, oh, the lore in that the way that
0: they tell that story in dark souls it's like it seems like there's no story but as you play this whole fucking thing reveals itself through the the people you're fighting and like mm-hmm. the stories that you get from like items and things mm-hmm. and then the second one like kind of blows your mind because mm-hmm. you're like all this stuff is different and you think it's oh it's just this unrelated thing but as you keep playing you're like wait a minute this is not unrelated <laughs> this is directly related <laughs> and and none of it is explicitly stated ever in the game so you're just you're you're just discovering all this shit and so it gives you such like this cool feeling because you feel like you're making the connect because you actually are making the connections like because you could just play that game and not think about the first game and be like yeah whatever it's fun you know but all of this shit like ties into what you did in the first game and i love how that second game it changes mechanics and how the game works and there's a story explanation for why all of those things have changed mm. from the first game, and you're like, "Oh shit, that's why this is different!" <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! And it kind of blows your mind, and it blows my mind anyway. I fucking love those games, but uh, yeah. Anytime you're, you're piecing things together for yourself, that's a fucking magical experience, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I yeah, it makes sense of like. If- all that going on with this Hong Kong cinema is just yeah. that that same just sense of discovery and right. piecing it together yeah I that's one of the things that I love about it
0: and I love seeing because like when I was young I saw 36 chamber of Shaolin I, I mean it was called master killer in the in the English dub which makes no fucking <laughs> sense <laughs> But it sounds cool as shit.
2: Yeah, Master Killer. Yeah, yeah.
0: it it sounded awesome, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I want to see Master Killer." And so that was the first Shaw Brothers movies I saw, and I had no idea that it was related to Wong Fei Hung in any way, shape, or form. I had no clue, and that was only really recently when I saw, I watched it a couple years ago, and I saw, like Hung Si Kwan is in it. I was like, "Wait a minute, Hung Si Kwan." Are they, they're saying that Sante is his fucking teacher? Holy shit. (laughs) And it just like blew my mind. And, and when you learn that like these people were actually real figures and like the monk that's the head of the Shaolin temple in Thirty Six chamber is a real guy that trained all of these people. And like, it's just like, it's, it's. Obviously, they're movies, they're fictionalized, and they're not, like, the exact story, but it's so fucking cool to to piece it all together and to think, like, oh, shit, like, this guy studied from this guy in this movie, and, you know, like, ah, just, I love it. It's so cool. Fucking nerd out. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's just my favorite shit in the world. Yeah. Yeah, Always, I mean, you probably feel the same way about things in anime. It's probably like, yeah, I think cool like, things in anime that sort of I think connect
2: the and stuff. Closest equivalent to like this would be Oda, Oda Nobunaga, and like the yeah. the Warring States period and stuff. There's that. There's a lot of anime that references that. And yeah, like I'm,
0: cultural connections and stuff. Yeah,
2: I'm sure. Like a lot of if I were more into like straight up samurai uh, cin- uh, cinema. Oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, there would be even more tying into that too, because I'm sure that goes into it a lot too.
0: Yeah, that's one thing, man. I watch a samurai movie and I don't know what the <laughs> period is or nothing, but yeah, if I knew all that stuff, yeah, because, yeah, because,
2: be cool. like you're saying, these different eras of China, there's like eras in Japanese yeah, history, yeah, like for the, sure. there's the Warring States period where you're going to have the samurai in armor, yeah, and they're going to be in massive wars, and they're going to have the giant flags and right, right. Be covered in arrows. And then you have like later period where they're not, they're going to be like kind of wandering around in robes, and yeah. they're going to have like the top knot. They they they'll have armor maybe set up in a corner of their house on display yeah, because, yeah, but yeah. they're not at war. They're just kind of wandering around. That's true. Right. But and so that's in this later period when. Uh, uh, it's become more, more bureaucratic, and it's yeah. You know, the the islands have all been like unified now, so there's no no actual like clans at war anymore. But that makes sense. I just always used to think like, well, you know, they just took the armor off for
0: today. It's on the wall. You know, it's a casual Friday samurai day. I never like thought that there would be different periods, but that yeah, totally so makes sense. Uh,
2: yeah, it generally tends to be how it works and so you can kind of just just by seeing how they're dressed you'll kind of yeah. have an idea what era you're oh, dealing man. with Fucking, so yeah that's so cool but yeah like like you said, like that took me like years of just watching anime enough to yeah. to start picking up on that kind of stuff
0: right yeah I didn't know shit about Qing Dynasty or nothing like it was a thing that people said all the time but I didn't know you know because if you watch enough kung fu movies i mean that's all they're fucking talking about especially in the ones that i was watching yeah. as a kid i mm. mean those are like the super popular ones and then but now like i know what it is i know what came after and it's just yeah it's a totally different experience yeah super fun mm-hmm. good old history yeah <laughs> it's not just for school folks <laughs> it's it for can, movies it too. can damn be it. fun yeah <laughs> that's one thing i've noticed when i was reviewing Uh, The Shaw Brothers movies, as I went through it, like, a good majority of those Shaw Brothers movies are based on real things. And, like, obviously not the wushas, but, like, Mm -hmm. tons and tons of movies that you would just think, like, oh, this is a movie that's just a fictional story, but it's based on a historical event, and they don't ever make any mention of it at the beginning of the movie or certainly not at the end when it just says the end. <laughs> right, right. And so it was just up to me to sort of piece it together. And that's kind of what, what I enjoy. So that's what I would do for the review. Is this a real thing? This kind of feels real. <laughs> and then I'd look it up and, hey, it is. Look at that. And then I'd learn right, about man. it and write about it for the review. So, yeah, that's, that's like my thing. I love it. Cool. But uh, Iron Monkey is fantastical it is lots of wire work and so uh you like fantasy yeah how do you like the flights of fantasy and iron monkey
2: yeah they're they're nice they're they're very subtle i would say in terms of uh, subtle in terms of fantasy you don't have like well yeah there's not like fucking
0: laser beams and yeah. shit coming out of people's hands
2: <clears throat> right there's no uh dragons swooping in or anything no, no, like no no <laughs>
0: fictional monsters or anything like that but the
2: that, uh, yeah the martial arts are definitely a beyond very much normal human capacity yeah. people can fly people can
0: do all kinds of craziness right you've got the internal martial arts of like the right the king the, kong palm that leaves a handprint so and stuff I, like which that which i found
2: very fun that there was a king kong palm yes yes of course <laughs> in a movie taking place before King Kong existed. Yes, yes. (laughs) I wasn't sure if that was, like, a translation thing where they were just like, we're going to call it King Kong Palm or if it was, Uh... like, what it would have actually meant. Well, this release, the
0: subtitles, like, these Eureka releases, the UK Blu-ray company, Mm-hmm. all of the subtitles have been newly retranslated and they I I go on these forums of uh the blu-ray.com forums <laughs> and members of the of the forums reached out to Eureka like Chinese speaking members and they're like I am available to help you retranslate it, subtitles and to fix things and to do all kinds of stuff. And so all of these subtitles have been uh, meticulously sort of gone over by fans and people who know what the fuck they're talking about. So I would imagine that it's a pretty straight, like, accurate uh, translation to whatever the guy is okay. saying. I don't know, but... Uh, yeah. I don't think they would just like, oh yeah, whatever, just put King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't remember what it was when I saw it back in the day, but I'd have to pull out my bootleg, but
2: Yeah. But well, I, I could see it being like something like the actual name was called like Giant Gorilla Fist or something and may, yeah, deciding maybe deciding to translate it as that's, King yeah, Kong.
0: That's possible. <laughs> but Giant Gorilla Fist doesn't have, Do, doesn't have the ring, ring it, right? Though. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I mean, this movie is 93, so I don't know. I mean, it's obviously not going for historical accuracy, so right. the idea that they're calling something King Kong Fist is perfectly plausible.
2: But yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah, but this is the. Uh The idea of the king kong palm anyway is just fun (laughs) of course yeah like slam yeah (laughs) in the the name of fun
0: there's there's a lot of palm things and you know buddha's palm and stuff is a big one yeah yeah, but uh yeah i don't know i can't think of any other instances of a king kong yeah
2: it struck me as kind of unique It's a fun Uh, one. And it apparently turns your blood into poison. (laughs) Yeah, well,
0: stuff like that. I mean, even that... um, Like, fucking Kill Bill. He basically kind of rips that off where the the thing where she kills Bill with is a palm that sort of kills him and stops his heart or something. And it's kind of a similar idea because it's a thing that comes up in a lot of
2: yeah i mean this one was like after he like did that he like he goes back to the clinic and he's like oh you gotta like lance out the poisoned blood right like, right i was like oh it, it's poisoned now okay like not just uh disrupting your heart rhythms or something it was right like oh now it's poison
0: <laughs> yes that is different but there's other things that like he took for where the, like you'll get hit and you have a few steps to go or whatever yeah like, yeah, just yeah specifically like that kill bill thing but
2: yeah yeah it is kind of similar in, in just how it actually works but yeah but then she like she's using the needles in his back and it's like it's all black oozing out and then one of them is red like so yeah it's actually like it's
0: right right and in general mm-hmm. acupuncture needles don't draw blood.
2: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so in that case,
0: she was specifically using them to, to, to lance the blood out. Or right. But I found that interesting because I get acupuncture. I'm a big fan. And uh, it was just like, wow. <laughs> Man, if that shit happened to me, I'd fucking lose my mind. <laughs> i blood coming out. Holy fuck. Yeah. I found it interesting, too, because I've never seen this movie since I started acupuncture. And there's a moment where where he does um iron monkey is not he's just doing his doctor stuff Mm. at the at the clinic and he's like taking the pulse of people which is a is like a like the first thing that the acupuncturist will do to listen to your pulse because they can kind of right um understand what's going on with your body i guess from the the rhythms or whatever i don't know how it works but Mm. But uh, the other thing he does was he, he was doing moxibustion, which is a, a thing where they light this uh, little stick of herbs and stuff on fire. And they kind mm-hmm. of hold it over wounds or areas to heat them up with this thing. And he holds it over the – there's like the security guard, the lead security guard. He like holds it over his uh, his shoulder.
2: Mm-hmm. And I was
0: like, oh, shit. I get that done, and I had no idea what it was or anything until just, you know, the past few years. Hmm. And so here it is in this movie, and I don't think I've ever seen it in a movie. Hmm. So that was fun. (laughs) You ever got acupuncture? No. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Big fan. If if anybody out there listening has a chance, if you have a chance, 100% go for it.
2: I, I never thought it would be fun it's but. fucking
0: it's changed my life it's amazing hmm. it's uh i have a lot of pain in my in my legs and feet and they tried all kinds of, my doctors tried all kinds of pain pills and all kinds of western medicine and uh nothing worked it was just fucking nothing i hmm. got i got a, a shot into my spine to uh, of pain medicine to to you know completely knock out the, the pain signals and it lasted, like, two days. And it was mm. just like, okay, this is supposed to last multiple months, they told me. So at the end of the thing, he's just like, well, I don't know what to do with you. You're basically fucked, but you can try acupuncture and <laughs> see if that works. And I went there, and it, was, it, it helped, like, immediately for days. And it was just like, this is the only thing that's, that's huh. done anything for this. This wow. is amazing. And so I go all the time now. It's okay. amazing. And uh, it's helped me in, in, in other ways as well. It's uh, kind of a whole body thing. It's uh, it's awesome. I fucking, I love it. I'm all excited when I get to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get to get stabbed. <laughs> you don't even feel it, though. That's the yeah. thing. And and if you do feel it... They're doing it wrong. No, well, they could be doing it wrong. But mm-hmm. they also, it's uh, sometimes... Sometimes like... Uh, like, there was one time when I was, it was, like, the height of allergy season. Mm. And he's, like, feeling my pulse and stuff. And he's, like, do you have allergies? I go, yeah, I do. I have a, I, I'm having a really bad time right now. And so then he's, like, oh, okay. And I don't ever ask what each needle is for or whatever because I don't want to know. I just like the, the mystical nature of it all. Mm-hmm. And so he hits one, like, kind of in my this right arm elbow ish kind of inside area and he did it and it hurt like a motherfucker and I was like whoa that hurt like fuck what what the what what is that point <laughs> and he goes oh that's the the allergy point and uh, if it hurts you know it means that there's a lot of blockage there hmm. and then uh, he's done it a few times since then and every time like it doesn't hurt anymore it's he just does it and it's perfect hmm. and I you know don't really feel the allergies so it's pretty fucking awesome
2: <laughs> crazy thousands
0: of years of of chinese medicine all kind of in japanese as well he practices japanese acupuncture because it's uh, the needles are smaller and thinner mm. and so generally people tolerate it better um but it's the same principles yeah but yeah you don't really feel shit it's 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 awesome you mm. just feel like it's hard to describe, but you just get this wave of like fucking endorphins, and you feel so like pumped up afterwards. It's huh. it's amazing, just energy, man. It's crazy energy, man. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> no, I, I'm a big fan. I I love it. I hmm. I will talk it up to anybody who will listen. So yeah, it was cool. I always get excited yeah. when I see it in movies, Hong Kong movies yeah. and stuff.
2: Uh. What was the other thing. Oh the the gore in this surprises me cuz it's not like
0: and there's There's
2: like a li- just little tiny bits of it and because oh, like of that it just thing did, in the eye and stuff. Yeah, like that. That's awesome. And it's just like so it comes up out of nowhere and you're just like what the hell like it just totally throws you off cuz you're not expecting it. Yeah, that's like, a very Hong Kong thing. There's ones I think it's that um that fight when in the clinic when she's on the cart and like she grabs one of the guy's swords just cuts his throat yes, right there. shows yes. yeah. I was Brutal like, oh shit! Fuck like, yeah, kick. I know. Like, like the rest of it was all just like punch, kick, slap. Oh, cut his throat! Like right, whoa, what right. the hell? Like right back to normal punch, kick. <laughs> yeah. There's some other scene towards the end where they just lop a dude's head off. And That's <laughs> like, right.
0: That's right. That dude's <laughs> head comes
2: off. I was like, oh shit.
0: Yes. Well, that's Hong Kong for you, that in, in basically any Hong Kong movie going all the way back to Shaw brothers is, I mean, yeah, like, like the first mm-hmm. Shaw brothers martial arts movie has a dude getting his fucking hands chopped off, <laughs> <laughs> like, like viscerally, like you could see it. It's right there. And, and, yeah, it's, and it's, it's just a thing. It's always an option in Hong Kong. It, movies. Yeah. It's,
2: it's just like this movie is because it doesn't even start until like you're halfway through the movie and it's like yeah. there's never been it like it hasn't really been gory in any way and then no. all of a sudden just throat cut and blood yeah. spray you're like whoa just it just it takes you like because it's not even like super gory or nasty or anything like there's way worse movies and right i've seen of that that just didn't even phase me but just it coming out of nowhere here was yeah, just it like does. oh shit <laughs> like, shit just got real yeah yeah <laughs>
0: But yeah, that's that's one of the things I love about Hong Kong. There's, gore is always on the table. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a comedy, if it's an action movie, if it's a drama. Who they they don't give a shit. Gore is always an option, uh, <laughs> and that is that is my kind of movie.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, uh, hey, you, hey, you mentioned that the lady well, got that thing in her eye, the yes. marble in her eye, whatever that was. That was freaking crazy too. That, yeah. He was just like, oh damn! Because yeah, that's that's unexpected as well. Yeah, and like it just like punched through the sword. There's like this right. hole in the sword. Awesome. It's hilarious. Yeah.
0: So awesome. Yeah, but uh, yeah, fucking incredible choreography, obviously. Yeah, and uh, it's cool because it's like it's it's everything coming together. You don't really notice the edits. It's all seamless. You don't really even see wires at all, hardly at all. I mean, and Uh, I was kind of looking for them. Yeah, I
2: didn't see any wires, and I I wasn't looking, but...
0: Yeah, but they're, I mean, they're using wires, like, constantly. (laughs) (laughs) People are spinning around and jumping on people's heads and shit, and, like, Mm. that's, you know, nobody's actually doing that.
2: (laughs) Right, right. It, It was just... <clears throat> and tons like, of fun crap the end when
0: they're on the poles like, oh, yeah. all, they're just basically on wires that whole time but you don't see anything because mm-hmm. it's it's super well done and yeah like, just editing. I, and...
2: I was saying because we've seen a number of like jackie movies now where he's like all about like the real martial arts and like yeah. and, and this did strike me now having seen more Jackie stuff of just like there is this very big contrast very big yeah it's like there's no mistaking the two now that I've like had a chance to right really see some of that yeah
0: Jackie doesn't use a lot of wires he does more now but but those movies it they feel different they're not yeah. they're not so much the classic Jackie yeah, but it's style like,
2: there's not as much edit it's just like we're gonna do some cool martial arts and you're just gonna see it all play out right yeah. here. and there's a lot more edit in here of yeah getting those uh, that choreography to connect and make sense. right
0: and to like build the fantasy of, of right. these people flying around and stuff yeah and that's kind of just in general like mo- the more fantastic stuff is usually edited a right, little bit right. more because they they can't do as tight of like one shot choreography and stuff because they need to fly around and do crazy fun <laughs> they, they need you to know, get the,
2: the special effects working right you know. right
0: and so yeah that's like a big big you know kind of I don't know I don't really want to say two schools because it's a little bit more than that but just in general like realistic and more wuxia inspired yeah because like a- this is definitely not full-on wuxia. Um, but it's about as close as a kung fu movie could get, I would say.
2: Yeah. yeah maybe more of a spectrum here that this is... Yeah. Closer to the middle of. of but.
0: Yeah, like, I think of anything... Anything that has anything supernatural. Any kind of jumping. Even though, like, the rest of the movie could be realistic. If it's any kind of... S- thing that like okay nobody could actually do that i see it as wusha inspired or wusha tinged even like the john woo movies where like the killer or Mm, hard-boiled where it's so over the top those are not wushas but the choreography is in some ways inspired by the the heroics of of a wusha movie yeah yeah, where they're able to do superhuman things with guns, and right? Stuff.
2: I think definitely with hard-boiled, yeah, that was very much the case there. Or, right, and I mean it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great stuff. Yeah, but. It,
0: it's it's a lot more realistic than something like this, but it's still the idea of bringing in an element of fantasy. Right, is still kind of there.
2: Yeah, it's it's. It's a very different kind of appreciation for the skill going into it, yeah. Than the skill going into like a Jackie movie, where right? It's, it's, it's
0: totally different, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, just, that's a that's a sort of a new understanding that I have over the past, probably, ever since I started the the Shaw Brothers series, so probably the last ten mm-hmm. years, where, where I really started to understand Wuxia as its th- as its own thing, and then yeah sort of realizing
2: yeah i kind of think to the normal like american you just say kung fu and it's just they're going to mentally encompass all of that and not see a distinction normally right like
0: when i was a kid it was a thing or a teenager watching jackie Chan, and i would see a movie like this like i loved this movie but i was always kind of like well this is a good movie with wires And I was kind of always down on the wire movies because I wanted to see real shit like with Mm -hmm. danger, like the Jackie Chan stuff. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I was older where I really grew that appreciation for the wire work and how it's just doing something different. It's not trying to be Jackie. It's doing its own thing. And there's this whole history of that, that predates Jackie and his style. And, yeah. So it's yeah it's it's an awesome mm-hmm. awesome thing to discover. Yeah. I wish that uh, more more uh, kung fu fans like more fans of Hong Kong stuff had that appreciation because it's still I would say the predominant idea of of fans is that wire Fu is not good mm. <laughs> and i see it a lot and it's just yeah. like ah no it's its own thing like you have yeah. to you have to judge it on its own merits not compare it to a shaolin movie or something you know right. even though iron monkey is kind of in the lineage of shaolin <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it just bugs me because it's its own thing and i know the feeling because i was that person too back <laughs> you know a few years ago but
2: yeah. Hmm.
0: So whenever I write reviews, I try to do as best as I can to sort of push that idea and sort yeah. of help people out as much
2: as I can. Yeah, cause I, I love this crazy wusha kind of stuff. That's, yeah. And maybe that's me just coming into it from a fantasy angle. Well, yeah, angle. I mean, you're into fantasy, so... Yeah. Like, from the start, like, that kind of crazy off-the-wall, yeah. this-could-never-actually-happen stuff is... Kind of what I yeah. always
0: like. You're going to fucking love this Shaw Brothers movie called The Battle Wizard.
2: Aw, <laughs> oh, damn. I you're, already love it. <laughs> you're going to like that
0: movie. Because <laughs> that, that, that's about as fantasy as it could get with people shooting fucking rays out of their hands. Yeah. And man. All kinds of weird shit.
2: Right, you have like the, the black magic movies where there's like yeah. the wizards on opposite sides of the continent right. just like <laughs> flailing around and yeah yeah it's uh
0: i yeah it's it's i mean they're not similar but similar in that it's fucking magicians <laughs> doing crazy shit yeah uh. <laughs> yeah battle wizard there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that, but uh bastard swordsman is uh, a good example of that kind of crazy woosha with super fantastic stuff in it i don't want to say anything about either of those movies (laughs) in terms of specifics because we'll get to them (laughs) well we'll get to them but also they play really well if you don't know what the fuck is going to happen (laughs) specifically this one part in in bastard swordsman i see people talk about it a lot and like when I first saw that movie and I didn't know it was happening, it like, ex- like my brain didn't know what to, what to do with that. It. it was like, whoa, where, what, what am I watching? This is amazing. <laughs> and so to just like throw it out in a tweet or something, it just seems like, ah, come on, man. You, you got to pro- <laughs> protect that a little bit. I know the movie is like 40 years old or however much, but like. It's just ah, come on, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh. Lots of good stuff. I was a little I was hoping that this was fantasy enough for you.
2: Yeah, yeah. This was this was a lot of fun.
0: But yeah, when when I was watching I was like there's no way this is not <laughs> good enough. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> if he doesn't like this Something wrong because <laughs> this is just like great A fucking entertainment.
2: Yeah, Actually, I liked like it opens up with this statue of the of an iron mug, mon- like an iron statue yeah, of this like, monkey. Yeah, stuff. like I like that. Just it's it's something at least I haven't seen much in a like, these Hong Kong movies it's like you get a lot of people with weird names like that. Yeah, but there's usually like never any explanation or connection to anything. It's just here's a dude with a really cool weird name that you're never going to know what's going on and this one's kind of like oh it's kind of like he's leaving this stuff at this iron monkey statue and and you can kind of and it never says this which also makes it cooler too because it's just like it's there yeah and you can like kind of connect it like oh here's this statue of an iron monkey and yeah this guy using it and kind of gets named that for it but
0: right and i wouldn't be surprised if that monkey is is sun wukong the monkey king yeah mm. it, it doesn't yeah. i wasn't thinking that it was him and i didn't i mean he probably had the staff or whatever but i didn't they don't show it too too long so i wasn't able to like
2: yeah really
0: yeah. look at, into it but uh He's been a, a, a figure of Chinese folklore for a long time,
2: so yeah, it's, it's it possible. Seemed, uh, seemed kind of nice to like finally see a, a yeah, guy like with a, reason. a cool name that's yeah. like, oh, it actually means like it's connected to. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes in
0: in the wushes, they'll it'll sh- be like a like a style or something that the guy is known for, and you'll see like a reason why. Yeah, he's yeah. named something, but then there's other ones that are like like the water margin guys there's like fuck i can't remember like there's one that's a rain thing it's like the timid rain <laughs> yeah there's some <laughs> and it's just like why is this
2: guy called that i i have no idea <laughs>
0: i just love those names though
2: yeah i mean i i don't know that i'd want everybody to have some like elaborate yeah bizarre backstory to their name or something but just like just to see one it was just like yeah, oh yeah. cool <laughs> well what I like about the names is that
0: you know that there is a reason for the name. Right. You just don't always know what the reason is. Yeah. And so that, and, and I, that mystery li- can yeah. be
2: it just in and of itself is uh I fun. like I like the mystery, yeah. Yeah. But I
0: I think I don't know that you're a fan of mystery. I I definitely am, but
2: yeah, not so much, but I mean there's it's a balance. You've got you've got to have both. Yeah. You can't just lean entirely on one or the other
0: no yeah there do have to be some answers some at some point <laughs> yeah, yeah it's you like you've got all mystery
2: you got to answer enough that you feel like you've got a story but yeah not so much that it just takes away all the magic of it i guess but
0: i would imagine that the like water margin like the book which has a 1,000-something pages, you know? Yeah. And I know that, like, every, a lot, if not every one of the the 108 bandits, like, have their own chapter that's kind of, like, how they got to the Langshan Mountains. And so hmm. I would imagine that other wuxia books, not that Water Margin is not really a wuxia book because it's not fantasy. It's It's more of a... More of a realistic thing, but
1: uh,
0: yeah. but like I don't know the Condor Heroes books or whatever the things that are like super woosha. Like I I would imagine that they all have like explanations of the characters' names, but they, they don't, don't get, get, into get into the, the movies. movies because yeah. it's like this fucking story is a thousand pages <laughs> or whatever, you know. So yeah. like we got to move along to the actual you know events yeah. instead of the the beginning or whatever
2: especially if it's a popular enough book that they're going to actually make it into a movie then yeah, yeah. you know the main character is whatever he is and you're going to just roll with it
0: yeah like a lot of wuxia novels were written as serials in newspapers mm. like the condor heroes book specifically that's like the probably the most popular wuxia novels ever there's multiple there's three main novels. Like The third one is the basis for Kung Fu Cult Master, the movie that we watched. Mm. But uh, the first one it, it got turned into multiple Shaw Brothers movies, the Brave Archer series. and They're fucking huge. They still make TV shows based on it. They're, Soy Hark is supposed to make a trilogy of movies uh, like right now he's supposed to be making those whether he is or not I don't know he always has like 80 things in the works (laughs) so I never know quite what he's gonna do next but uh, I mean that thing was huge and that was like in Hong Kong newspapers probably in the 50s I want to say because I know there was a black and white adaptation of that before Shaw Brothers was making martial arts movies. So yeah, a lot of them were written like that, not 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 as traditional novels like the uh, yeah the normal sort of fantasy books that we know of,
2: right? As you know, like Tolkien or whatever. Yeah, I would say I would say that's what uh kind of seems to be what uh, light novels are in Japan. Like, yeah, like so something like Slayers or something would just be because there's a whole series of these books that will be around and yeah um, so kind of sounds like that to me but
0: it's it's funny that now in china the big thing is web novels Mm. and they make movies off of them now there's a there's this one series i can't remember what the fucking title is but i reviewed one of the movies and uh it's about these tomb raider guys that uh guy and a girl and they go um and it's all this supernatural crazy ghost shit and was <laughs> oh, pretty fun but i can't remember what it's called but it was just like some dude writing web novels <laughs> and they like started making movies and there's a whole bunch of different web novels that are now movies like a lot of modern chinese stuff you look at up and it's like oh Based on a web novel.
2: Okay, <laughs>
0: it's it's like the new trend in China. Interesting. So yeah, I don't think it's caught on in the West, but well, oh. it's a big deal over there. Well, I don't know. Do we have anything else about
2: Iron Monkey? Oh, I liked the scene where they flew around catching the papers. When they... Yes, the early scene where it just shows that they are right kind of badass. That's and... the first
0: time that you that you see. That they, yeah, that they're, like, wuxia-style heroes. And, like, because you don't, you probably didn't even know that, like, the Doctor was Iron Monkey at that point.
2: Well, I'd kind of guessed. I was just like, okay, this guy's, they're probably setting this up to be his... Like, alter ego. Yeah, Sort of a yeah. superhero thing, yeah. And so I was kind of like, okay, I think this guy's going to be the Iron Monkey. So I'd kind of guessed that. Okay.
0: But... I was wondering that, because, like... I've seen this a bunch of times, so I already know, like, oh, he's Iron Monkey and whatever. And so then I thought, oh, I wonder, because Stephen doesn't even know, like, because I know the actor and I know he's every, you know, so right.
2: It's like, oh, Stephen doesn't know any of that, so <laughs> I wonder
0: how it's gonna play.
2: Yeah, just kind of narratively, it seemed like, okay, this was the Iron Monkey, and now we're seeing his private life yeah. and who he really is, and in the day, in his All day right. job, yeah, day job,
0: <laughs> Monkey, the Bruce Wayne
2: yeah <laughs> oh that's the other it, like Iron Monkey himself just, just like when he first shows up I'm like what the heck is this like it's a, a ninja movie <laughs> like he's like he he's very ninja like yeah, yeah his, and he's throwing his dress out dress like, and his caltrops and shit yeah, yeah. and just the whole sneaking around on rooftops and
0: yes 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 has yes, a uh, ninja ninja style
2: yeah okay Got a bit of a ninja vibe going to him but for sure Sure, but yeah, th- no
0: no mention is made of that.
2: Right, right. It was just kind of this weird little moment of what? what? Yeah, <laughs> he's
0: just sneaking around. There are kung fu movies with ninjas, usually, because there's a, a you know a rich history of
2: uh, oh, yeah, Chinese uh,
0: versus Japanese yeah, kung fu yeah. movies, and often the ninjas will be bad guys.
2: Yeah, I would imagine so.
0: I'm trying to think of what that fucking ninja and the dragon's den. That's mm. what we should watch. That's a good one. That's uh that's an early '80s one. That's it's it's Wusha styled and lots of fights, lots of fun. It has a really cool ninja theme song. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Uh. So yeah, but at some point
2: we should do that. I guess we could watch the uh, that first Ninja Turtles movie. We could, we could. It's a, it's a, what was that, Golden Harvest movie.
0: Yeah, Golden Harvest co-produced that. Yeah, and I believe uh, like Hong Kong actors are in the suits and yeah, yeah. Probably somebody so. from Hong Kong did the choreography and yeah, yeah. I that all. I had no clue when I first saw that movie. Right, for sure. as a kid, yeah. Yeah, no, I was just, <clears throat> just a little kid, loving yeah, Ninja Turtles.
2: Nice. Yeah, for some, I think it was just the the time when I saw like the oh, like '93, and I realized like, oh, that's right around the time of the Ninja Turtles movie. I, like, I started thinking, oh, about that's when turn- that was. I think the Ninja Turtles movie, I think it was, like, 1990 or something. Like, just not too far off.
0: Yeah, it seems right. 1990 and then...
2: Like, in that general time frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it just suddenly kind of, like, dawned on me of, like... No, this wasn't, like, the the faded era or something where like Hong Kong was done with this kind of Kung Fu movies. It's like, no, they were still 93. Yeah. Like, okay. no, no 93 is like, and the like pinnacle. Cause I, I was kind of think like, I just mentally just for years and years, just kind of thought of the Ninja Turtles as like this kind of thing that came after the, fa- the phase of Hong Kong movies and was like, oh no, and it was just like, and I was just kind of thinking like, no, this was right in the freaking middle of it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, this wasn't just somebody who was like, well, don't have much to do in Hong Kong anymore. I guess I'll go do no, some no, like now. No. Uh...
0: And Golden Harvest was always sort of uh, reaching out and, and doing a little bit more. Like, Shaw Brothers tried to, they did a lot of co productions in the 70s with, well, they started in the 60s. They did co productions with Japanese companies and they would shoot the movie with a, a Hong Kong lead and a Japanese lead. Mm. They would shoot it, like, twice and release it in both markets as, as okay. whoever was the star. And they would do that with Korean companies in the in the 70s. And they also did actual co-productions with... They did, um, like, two movies with Hammer Studios. They did movies with Italian Studios. Fucking Blade Runner. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I believe they i think they shot part of it in hong kong there's a Hmm. there's a big chinese vibe in the like the the city they have like they were in chinatown and stuff and yeah and like golden harvest did enter the dragon with with bruce lee and warner brothers okay anyway yeah (laughs) so the hong kong you know was always trying to branch out and yeah produce things, but yeah, no, that's, that's fucking 1990, 93. Yeah, Those are the a, that's the high yeah. yeah, I would say that that because Rumble in the Bronx came out in the U.S. in '95, and I would say mm-hmm. from because '95 to '90, I don't remember what the first. I think Rush Hour was the first U.S. Jackie movie and that's like 98, I think. And Hmm. so anything from like 95 to 97 when the handover was is like the slow decline and Mm -hmm. then post-handover Jackie and everybody is leaving to go to Hollywood is the real like Mm -hmm. the step down Mm -hmm. and then you get like, donnie yen rising to stardom and so it gets a little better but like all the money is going out of hong kong into beijing and shanghai so like Mm -hmm. you can't make hong kong movies like you used to so to get money you have to make co-productions and those movies are kind of shitty Mm -hmm. i mean there's some good ones but overall they don't have the same flavor as like a hong kong movie because it's the identity is kind of mainland China,
2: yeah, even though yeah. it's a
0: co-production, but there's still like a lot of low-budget Hong Kong movies to this day that are that still have that fucking feel so mm-hmm. it's fun to find them hmm. but yeah, I don't know, I love Hong Kong and their movies and stuff, so obviously <laughs> <laughs> Uh so uh, I, I don't know Iron Monkey. Uh, good movie. What? You recommend it?
2: Yeah. Like, why don't more people watch this? Aside from the fact that it isn't really available. <laughs> a lot
0: of people watch that uh, that U.S. version. It it was it was kind of a hit when it came out oh, okay. in in mm-hmm. theaters here because it's fucking awesome. But yeah. that's that's the, the the neutered version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, sure. uh, I would say it's. If it were me, I would say buy a fucking region free Blu-ray player and import the the Eureka region B Blu-ray because not only is it worth it, it's worth getting region free just because there's a ton of other Some good of shit stuff, yeah. that's out there. I mean, thankfully Hong Kong is region A, so you don't have to do that to get actual Hong Kong Blu-rays, but right. Eureka is releasing tons and tons of good shit that, like, uh, remasters of Golden Harvest movies, Once Upon a Time in China, fucking City Hunter, I don't know, all kinds of shit. Good shit, and, like, they're not getting releases anywhere else in the world as of yet, so... And, like, Iron Monkey was the first Hong Kong movie they put out, and that was probably two years ago. And so, like, nobody's picked it up since. Hmm. And this is a huge movie. It should get a release, but it doesn't. So, I don't know. It's
2: Miramax rearing their ugly head again.
0: Yeah, they might still own the rights to it, actually. Although, I don't think Miramax is a company anymore. Oh, okay. Um, But they, like all companies, probably got folded into somebody else, and the rights are with them, and maybe they don't care about Iron Monkey. Right. They should, because it's fucking awesome, but I don't know. There's a bootleg culture with Hong Kong fans, so like, a lot of they release something, and then people don't buy it they'll buy a bootleg or whatever so or tape trade i don't know how much i mean i guess now it's internet trade torrents and stuff right.
2: but It'd be funny to find somebody still selling some vhs yeah fifth generation yeah. vhs Well, there's Iron definitely Monkey.
0: there's definitely dvd bootlegs that are able to purchase still to this right, day right. and like that's a thing
2: still but i don't know about vhs so. <laughs> yeah just see some guy in a shady alley, like, hey, yeah, yeah. This is a bunch of <laughs> VHS with Sharpie titles written on them. Hey, I could start it up. I still have all my bootleg fucking Hong Kong
0: titles hey. from back in the days. You know, hey, make
2: another generation down from yes. there and start
0: selling it. Yes, I could. I could sell my <laughs> shitty copy of Iron Monkey and many other movies. So, anyway, I guess we'll wrap it up.
2: Yeah, I think we've
0: were, we're just talking about. Random bullshit, yeah, which is fine. I don't care, but I'm sure the listeners are yeah.
2: need some kind of focus here.
0: I guess I don't know. <laughs> I kind of
2: it's like or not, whatever. Yeah,
0: I don't. I don't know. I don't have any sort of hopes that this whatever like that people are gonna listen to this. <laughs> like I don't think about the users so much as I just wanna just talk have about fun. It, have fun. So yeah. I don't really.
2: Like
0: no. I don't think it's gonna be a big hit or what i'm like my brain is not <laughs> thinking like oh we got to make this professional because that's how people will you know connect with it and listen to it like i don't give a fuck about any of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so if people like it that's great i i am, am happy that they enjoy it so i guess i will say adios all right yeah <laughs>
2: give you 10 seconds to get the fuck out of here i'll rearrange that rat face of yours you understand